All right, this is uh, Triple M's homegrown run around the country. And I've got to say, this is a real treat for me because joining me is someone we've all grown up with. It's special. His career, so diverse, interesting. Whether or not you're a music fan in Brisbane. Or maybe a bit of resin dog. Or if like me, you were glued to your screen watching this man on what you want in late shift. VHQ, Australia's home of live music. Groundbreaking television. And the voice of a show that'll go global. Take me back to the sweet times. He's done it all. Music, radio, The Bachelor, The Masked Singer, and he's back now. I got a job for you. This summer, you can get paid 40k to watch Prime Video's latest movies and shows. And then... Recommend the best to Australia. As I welcome Osha Gunsberg to Triple M's homegrown. How are you, man? Oh, mate, you just, that is what a time machine. Nobody, <laughs> nobody's ever played a Feebles junkie grab. People have played <laughs> Resin Dogs here and there, yeah. but no one's ever. How did you find Feebles? How did you find? That was my first band. That was our second album. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think 90, 96 or 97. How did you find that? Dude, just research, man. You'd know being a good interviewer yourself. you got to dive into the, you know, the back catalog. I didn't know it existed online. Wow. <laughs> yeah, If man. you've got one, of, I think we only, we only printed a couple thousand or whatever. Like, if you got one of them, that was amazing. Wow. Cool. That was a flashback, dude. I'm glad you liked it. I was it. actually playing in both. I was playing in that band and Resident Dogs at the same time in yeah. Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, and we were being, we were like a couple of years before that, we were being a kind of, I don't know, courted, I guess, by uh, the good people at Sony Music. And yeah. they were, everyone was looking to sign their powder finger. Yeah. And like we get tickets to concerts and we go to dinners. They eventually went with these three kids from Newcastle. <laughs> they went well, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, man, like looking back at like hearing that kind of montage of your career, do you feel like, has it gone quick? Or is it, are there moments in time where you look back and just like, oh. man, that feels like, you know, a, a different life? Uh, both and all yeah. at once and not, not at once. Like yeah. it's a blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, I mean, you're playing music there from like, I was 21, you know, playing in bands in Brisbane. And, yeah. And then I was 20 when I started radio yeah. and, and then I, I was, I was 25 when I started channel V. So I'm nearly 50. So I still yeah. actually, I can't believe that I, I'm still employed um, <laughs> yeah. and B that I've kind of done so many, but everything that I've done has kind of really informed what happened next. I remember the first kind of year and a half or two years at channel V I'd be interviewing bands that I had supported in the yeah. year before that, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that was, that was wild. And I go, hey, man, I'm like, hey, how you going? Oh, you do this now. I'll do this now. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're live in three, two, one. It was, it was wild. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, too. I look back at all, at all the things you've done to it, and it just seems like it's uh, it's been so much fun and kind of ahead of the curve as well. Like, I look at Australian Idol. I look at doing things like, even just like voicing a show like Bondi Rescue, like, and just like doing all these cool yeah. different things that you do. How do you kind of pick what's next? Do you go? Do you have like a gut feel about things, or is it... You know, how does it kind of work when you're taking well, on new challenges? I think it's always important, and and this would be true whether you're making music or not. Yeah, is um, if it's something that you can put a personal relationship to and a personal connection to, you're always going to do a better job at it. I have, you know, I have taken gigs for money, and <laughs> yeah. anyone anyone that's done a gig for money knows that you, it's yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you do it and you feel dirty and then you go home. It <laughs> you know? yeah. doesn't matter what it is. But if there's something that's aligned with, if you just try and find something that 
aligns with what you love. I mean, like I was the music you were playing earlier. So I had hair down on my ass. I had a green beard. I had blue eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. I had a goatee. I was a bass player in a funk metal band. I had a blue goatee, yeah. right? And in the middle of the night, my job was to play Celine Dion and Brian Adams songs on the radio. So <laughs> yeah. I had to find something. Yeah. I had to find something in all that that made me feel like I was into it. And mm. so I guess that's when I started to kind of really appreciate Like I might really hate Summer of 69, but I do appreciate a good key change. And yeah. that's a good key change. And so I'd really just try to find the one thing, the end that I could have that allowed me to feel passionate about it. Because mm. uh, otherwise I'd just, just go bonkers. Well, I think I think you're one of the best interviewers in the country, and I remember like uh, I've going Thank I've you, gone mate. back through some clips, Channel V especially, and I remember wow. there'd be a common theme whether or not you're interviewing the Strokes, uh, the Fooies, or the Vines. I feel like you always had a few questions that really kind of caught them off guard. Like, wow, <laughs> no one's ever kind of come at me like that before. <laughs> How does that kind of work with you as far as prep, or do you think it's being a musician yourself? Yes, and also just kind of being curious. I think yeah. um, you know, I think I remember that Strokes interview. They were in the eye of the storm. Yeah, they just put out that first album and mm. it, they were young and beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, they the boys weren't sleeping a lot. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for various reasons. Yeah. And, you know, and I just want to, I, I had to ask them, I was like, what's it, what's it like? You know, just kind of describing it. You know, two years ago you were this and now you're here. You're on the other side of the world you're doing this and, you know, Casablanca has kind of slipped out of his, you know, kind of, pace for a second and go like yeah that's fucking scary man yeah, yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and i'm like you know i just swore on your radio show but okay. um he kind of had this moment of like yeah you're right it's his persona dropped for half a second and then he came he yeah. was back on again and yeah. you know, there was hundreds of fans watching but just trying to find that human element of it i think has yeah. always been and i've always just been curious you know i've always just been a curious person around uh, around the human experience and of, of what it is to to be yeah. you know in that public eye and Certainly in the course of my career, the music industry changed as fast as, you know, I, I was in it. Um, you know, it went from people giving away the concert tickets for free nearly, just so people would buy the album. And now people give the album away for free, so people buy the concert ticket. The monetary, you know, the business model of music has changed completely. Um, you know, we couldn't do a show like it. I mean... If a big singing show has a prize for a record contract at the other end of it, what does that mean? It doesn't yeah. mean anything, you know, versus, you know, what, what really breaks an artist now and is, you know, you've got to make that live experience. Um, you know, I remember standing, I'm going to drop a crazy name here now. So I remember standing at a Foo Fighters gig uh, next to Michael Measel, their manager. We'd come to know each other over the course of interviewing the band a bunch of times. Yep. And we were, we, were, we were backstage, we were chatting, we were having a, having a bit of a yarn. And I'm like, there's like five songs, eight songs go by. I'm like, when are we going out the front to watch the first one? I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm having a show. And he hears, okay, we want to go out now. And it was the part of the show where Dave Grohl is just by himself. On that, you know, big hero stage in the middle of the Acer Arena. Yeah. And he, launch, he launches into My Hero and 25,000 people are in the palm of his hand. And he looks down and he sees that my arms are covered in goosebumps. Oh. And he points at my arm and he said, you see, you yeah. can't download that. And and like when you're faced with you wanting to see your favorite band and it, you know, certainly if they're from overseas and the tickets are huge, yeah. uh, you got to understand that's the only way they can make money. Yep. You can't, they don't make money off streaming. They don't make money when, you know, buying the record anymore. Yeah, man. So if you love your favorite musicians, you want them to keep making music, 
buy their record, buy their merch, Amen, buy man. their limited edition vinyl, even if you don't have a record player. That's the only way that you can support the people that you love. And the same goes for Australian music. The economies of scale are yeah. even more intense. You know, you look at an Australian band, um, you know, there was a time where if you're an Australian band and you had a single in the top 10 for uh, two weeks, you could probably buy a house. Those days are gone, gone, gone. So if you love your Australian music, you you got to support them. Get on their Patreon. Subscribe to their YouTube channels. Yeah. However you can get money to them, get money to them. Right. Um, go see their gigs. That is how you get more great Australians telling great Australian stories through great Australian songwriting. Absolutely, man. We're going to get back to Australian music in a tick, but I do need we do need to t- touch on uh, the video buff stuff, man. Because, like I said, being ahead of the curb, this is like oh, the, yeah. this is like the ultimate show made for now. It's it's just like it's so good. Like when you got like the brief for this, were you just like this is genius? Oh, uh, so so Prime Video, yeah. which is a a, a streaming service, yeah. um, Prime Video. Uh, they've got a summer job, all right? Yeah. Uh, and the summer job is for three months, yeah. for $40,000, watch TV, watch movies, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then recommend those TV and movies to the rest of the country. Yeah. It's like if you know, if I was to ask you, who's the person at work that told you to watch the last series you loved, you'd be able to name it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because yeah. the research, the Prime Video did a bunch of research on it, and that, you know, half of Australians would rather watch something yeah. that someone they know has recommended to them so they don't have to be stuck there trying to choose. You know, spending, I've spent an hour and a half choosing and then I'm not watching anything. Yeah. So, you know, that's the job. And, you know, it's the person who just like can see the Hitchcock influences in the Simpsons. It's the person who can see, ah, oh, that shot from that Tarantino movie was that shot from that Kurosawa film. Whoa. Like, mm. and it's that person who can, you know, appreciate the, you know, the narrative structure or how brilliantly that reality show is put together. I've made a lot of reality TV in my mind, in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen Lizzo's, are you ready for the big girls? Get ready for the big girls is probably the, one of the greatest competition reality shows ever made. It is amazing. And it's, it's on, it's on prime video. Um, and the other thing about prime video, which, which is good is that I don't know about you, but our little one, he knows which logo the Octonauts are behind when he sees all the apps yeah. come up on the screen. Yeah. So with Prime Video, you can like subscribe to like Paramount Plus, which is where Paw Patrol live. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> yeah. can put it behind a pin up. So you can put it behind a pin, Yeah. essentially, which is which is good for when your kids learn how to use a remote control. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, you know, that's a you know, that's kind of important. Um, but yeah, if, if you're that person or if there's a person that you know uh, who is that that person that just won't shut up about telling you about new movies or new TV shows, yeah. then they should do this job. And it's 40,000 bucks out of summer, so it's pretty sweet. And man, like your career in TV, I mean, I, I think you'd agree with this. Like it seems like television and documentaries and the way things are, it's never been more exciting, right? I mean, much like the, the music industry, the business model is about to catch up to how people are consuming music. Yeah. Um, you know, the way that people consume what they watch mm. has changed so much in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going through this huge transformation right now. Yeah. And ultimately, the viewer is the winner because mm. whoever's got the most authentic, best content wins. Yeah. And what that means, which I love particularly, is that, you know, people like Amazon, people like Paramount, they're like commissioning Australian stories that are so good, they will therefore sell internationally because they're international platforms, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, norm- like, if in the past, you'd commission like an Australian drama or something, and it, it might make it to a mini series on a broadcast network, right? Yeah. But now you're telling a story that they, they will only commission it. It's like, no, 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 this can go in Europe or this can go in America. Yeah, and so yeah. 
the, the moment you're, you're making it for an international market, which for someone who's uh, uh, writing TV shows or someone who's producing TV shows like myself, that's really exciting. You know, it's really, really exciting. Dude, it's so cool, man. If you know your crime thrillers, disaster flicks, you know, rom-coms, amazon.com.au slash prime video buff. Uh, announced on the 5th of December. Super exciting. Osha Gunsberg, yes. this is so fun to have you here. What I do with all the bands that I have on is I play a game. Yes. Right? And this game, okay. this game is called... I took a walk down memory lane. It's called Memory Lane. And what I normally do with bands is uh-huh. I, go, I go through their gig history and I pluck out random gigs to see what they remember. But what I'm going to do with you is I've picked out random yes. moments from your career on TV... And I want to tell oh, you what, man. and I want to see what you remember about these moments. All right, you ready to go? Yeah, bear in mind, I've been sober for only twelve years. So <laughs> anything before March 2010, I don't know how I'm going to go. I reckon you will remember this. All right. The definition of oxymoron is Kamala the lily pad or Kamala the big day out. It's ridiculous, but oh. I enjoy it. I love it. I feel like a pop idol now. Kamala the big day out. <laughs> what a scene that was. Uh, I'm guessing it was 2004. Yes, 2000, 2004. <laughs> Good memory, man. Wow. Yeah, that was that was a wild time in my life, man. Yeah. I bet. It, it's weird because, like, I was looking back on that. It's like, it's almost like you and James were a band in itself. You know what I mean? Like, you guys were traveling together. Yeah. You guys were almost in your own kind of relationship. And I just want to play this grab for you. You know, I could so to my friends, like, oh, it's really hard to go to the shops and buy groceries when people are pulling my hair, trying to say, think it's a wig. Uh, well, yeah, get off, you get paid. Idol, get over it. But I could tell James about it. And so over that time, we were like the only people that knew exactly what it was like. And, and since uh, Jim uh, and I stopped working on that show together, <clears throat> we've actually been playing cards every Wednesday night as a poker game that um, we're a part of. Of course, I'm talking about James Matheson, who you work with at Channel V and co-hosted uh, Australian Idol with. You guys were at the helm of all that, man, interviewing bands and traveling around big day out. Pretty special. It was a, yeah, it was an incredible time to have that job. And I don't think that sort of stuff will ever exist again. So mm. I'm incredibly lucky. Like, I'll tell you, man, I'm no better or worse than anybody else that I was working in radio with at the time. Yeah. I just got lucky. Yeah. That's it, man. I just got lucky. And once I got lucky, I worked hard. And that's all. That's yeah. the only thing that's happened in my career. Okay, we're going to go to uh, this. Tell me where you were. I want to know if you were in the room when you heard this for the first time or you just got whim of it. So then you too. Oh, yeah. I was outside the curtain. You're outside the curtain? Yeah. I was outside the curtain. I was listening to it happen. I love Dico. I had met him downstairs. I love Dico's comment. Head and shoulders. The best voice we've heard today. <laughs> today, for the year. Of course, that was Guy Sebastian's first ever audition for Australian Idol. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, that was, um, yeah, I'd been speaking to him earlier in the day. He had, a, I was, had a video camera and I was filming. I was the first person to film him because I was oh, making a man. behind the scenes show for Channel V at the time. Yeah. And I just saw everybody else was diving into the, you know, the catering or whatever. But here's this kid with this great hair. Um, eating out of a lunchbox. Wow. And I was like, oh, you brought lunch from home. And I went over and started having a chat with him. And he's just such a sweet, lovely, lovely man. Yeah. And um, yeah, that day was really, he's really something. Like you don't accidentally still be on tour 20 years after, you know, you've had this peak moment on Australian yeah. television. Like the only reasons people like Guy Sebastian and Shannon Nile uh, still have the music careers they have is because they work so hard. Absolutely. And he works so hard. Yeah. Um, and not to be underestimated how hard that man works. And yeah. just a gift. He's so talented, man. It's not even fair. Yeah, I bet, man. What about this, man, as far as uh, career highlights? Hi, I'm Osha Ginsberg, and this weekend I get to fulfill a lifelong dream. 
I get to program Rage. See, I've just written a book about oh. my life so far, and I'm going to play you the soundtrack, basically, to what's in the book. There's a lot of freak. Now, I'm going to take the listeners through some of your selections. Very good here. James Addiction, David Bowie. Bit of Hanson too, which I like. Jackson 5. What a, bucket list, what a bucket list moment, man. Uh, I, I grew up like anybody else. I grew up, you know, in a time before mobile phones when you came home from going out mm. and you weren't quite ready to go to sleep yet. Yeah. Uh, just pop on Rage, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amount of music discovery that came my way through Rage, as like anybody, mm. was just incredible. And when I watched other people program Rage, I was just turned, I was always very curious and I was just turned on to so much more music and discovered so many bands that way. And to be asked to do it, was just they only let me play 50 songs yeah, I could have played I did, 500 yeah. uh, but it was amazing I've actually made a playlist there's a playlist I put on Spotify of all the songs I've programmed oh great man um, yeah including Powderfinger back when they had long hair and played songs in 7-8 <laughs> so, <all there. laughs> and uh, I think I'm getting the wrap up from your publicist here man but I just wanted to go back to like memorable performances at Channel V as well the Fooies oh mate unbelievable just incredible, man. I was picking which, like, music to take from which gig, but this just looked like one of the just all-time, man. I'm just saying to my wife, like, I'm just so people know, I'm on the Zoom call and, you know, I'm in the front seat of my car, my wife's driving, and I've got goosebumps just <laughs> yeah. listening to that on a pair of AirPods. Yeah. That moment was a moment not only for us, uh, I think us at Channel V really came into our own there in that moment. It was yeah. also a huge moment for the band. Yeah. It was a huge moment for the Foo Fighters because just nobody was doing that kind of television. No yeah. one was connecting bands with their fans like that. Yeah. Uh, and bear in mind, we were beaming out on satellites right to the most remote parts of Australia and we had live chat rooms going on with people from you know living on a cattle station 800 k's from a post office were able to go so taylor let me know and ask questions yeah you know, nobody was doing that back then and yeah. we were doing it we were doing it first and that the band really thought that was a a, a groundbreaking moment for them too yeah. uh, which is really something it's really something awesome man well i'm gonna wrap this up like i said but when we started this interview i said there was one thing that i wanted to talk to you about and the year was yeah. two, 2004 the big day out the bands that played and nothing else Metallica, we had the Strokes. Of course, we had Kings of Leon too, just starting out. And of course, uh, this band propelled onto the world stage. And I was about 18 years old. And I was backstage. Oh I was backstage at the big day out watching Jet oh. play. And I played in a band, yeah. right? And we had a little demo yeah. in the car, and the car would have been on the other side of the big day out in Flemington, which would have been 3K. Yeah. It would have felt like a mile away. And we met you backstage, and we said, yes. is there any way that we could meet this band? The Darkness. And you said, yes, I'll introduce you to The Darkness. And you said, if you've got a band demo, I'll give it to them. So one of the members from our band ran to the car on a 40-degree day to bring their demo back, and you introduced us to Justin Hawkins, and then we both got on stage and we danced to... Uh, just let me find it right here. What did we dance to? We danced to this on stage. 
The flaming lips in costumes. Oh, unbelievable. That's that's my that moment a... with you, man. And and since then, we went well, on to play so shows in the darkness. Get out. Yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. I'm so happy. And we... yeah. oh, thank you. I'm so happy. I don't remember much about that night. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that that's what happened. Like, that's really, really lovely to hear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that that happened. That's beautiful. Yeah. And we did. Wow, the, that's and, super cool, man. And we did the big day out four years later with you. Oh, my goodness. That is brilliant. Yeah, I'm yeah, so, yeah. And I, I hear Justin Hawkins from the Dark Darkness every day now when we watch Grace's Amazing Machines, which yeah. is one of my son's favorite shows because yeah. he does the theme music for it. And it's awesome. Yeah, cool. Um, but I'm, I'm, I've always been a believer of, look, you know, I, I'm the only reason I have my career is because what happened with you and me in the darkness someone did that for me <laughs> yeah 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 totally. someone did that for me someone said yeah i can introduce you and then it's up to me to show that person that i'm worth their time yeah and i'm just trying to anytime if somebody asks me i'll make the connect you did i will man. you did and I'm, I'm happy to i'm happy to do it you know you did it for us man we were 18 we like idolized you on tv and you introduced us to all wow. these cool bands man and you gave them our demo oh. so uh we're forever indebted to you <laughs> so my friend happy. Um, okay. I'm grateful, mate. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, okay, well, Aussie Video Buffs, exciting times ahead, no doubt. For all the information, send to amazon.com.au slash prime. Video Buff, of course, triplem.com.au. An absolute pleasure. Osher Gunsberg, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Legend, mate. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. See you uh, later, man.